Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Hey, welcome back in. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. I can't believe this technology. Shout out to Tommy Evans and Reese Wilson, my two main men, the engineers and producers of this program. I'm sitting here on the side of the street in Indianapolis, Indiana, right outside of Banker's Life Fieldhouse. If you don't know, these tournaments, you have to clear out the arena in between each and every game. So we had to exit the arena, but the, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. We had the pre-recorded segment, and now I'm sitting here on an iPad reading the live sports center on Delaware Street in downtown Indianapolis. It never ceases to amaze me. You are listening to Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula Statewide, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran joining me for today, Monday, and Tuesday. Our tournament takeover continues. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors, including Carl Tyler Express Loop. Carl Tyler Express Loop has three locations, two in Missoula, one down in Hamilton. Visit ktexpresslube.com for more when it comes to getting your oil changed in an expedient fashion. I know everybody's busy, but it's good to take care of your car, so make sure you keep on doing it. I'm Colter Nuanas. We're going to hear a little bit more about Grizz football. Reese, if you can hear me, it looks like we actually got the Grizz softball soundbite teed up. But if you can upload that Grizz football one from earlier today, that would be awesome. It's awesome to see this thing in real time. Look at that. Reese has got it on lock. Again, Colter Nuanas from Indianapolis. Here's some 
uh, commentary about Grizz football, who started pr- practice last week. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, he was able to attend on Wednesday. So here's some of our thoughts. We're going to keep covering Grizz football all the way up until their uh, two spring games. April 10th against Central Washington, April 17th against Portland State. Well, here's some initial impressions so far of what we've seen, what we're looking for, and how it all might play out for the Grizz. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula. It's Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We're doing all sorts of experimentation the last couple weeks. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for sending us to Indianapolis. We are here as part of our tournament takeover, the NCAA tournament. If you're listening to this, we're actually recording this before we go hit some games. So it's a little bit backwards in the timing of it all, the linear nature of it. If you're listening to the first hour, you know, we're giving you updates from Oregon State, Utah State, all the Montana connections in this tournament. I know it's a little confusing because right now what we're about to talk about is some Grizz football. Riley Corcoran with me, Coulter Nuanas, as we will be Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. But as we uh, sit here, we don't actually know what's going to happen. So this is actually kind of backwards. We're recording a segment, and uh, we have no way to really predict the future. But thanks so much again to all of our great sponsors, including Aspen Sound of Missoula. Aspen Sound wants to get you ready for summer with window tinting for your car and stereos for your boat. Aspen Sound, located at 1300 West Broadway in Missoula. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, well, we did part of the show live from Banker's Life Fieldhouse the home of the Indiana Pacers, also mostly home to the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament and host of multiple Final Fours on both the men's and women's side. And again, if you listen to the first hour of the show, you want to know all the results from all those early games. What's the happenings with Wayne Tinkle in Oregon State? What's the happenings with Raleigh Wooster in Utah State? Be sure to listen to the podcast. The podcast is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. We're going to go outside of basketball we've been talking a ton of hoops we're going to talk some spring football we had a little bit of a conversation i guess it was on tuesday's show when riley was in studio with me but uh, we didn't really get to hash it out because we spent a lot of time on eastern washington idaho state and the rest of the big sky and uh not really um talking much about the grizz the uh bobcats start on tuesday as well people have asked me around the state Is Montana State going to play a couple of these spring games like Montana? The answer as of now is no. Brent Vegan, uh, new coordinators in place. I think they just want to take care of business on their own end. There will be a scrimmage, a spring game of sorts, uh, as there normally is at Montana State. Uh, That's going to take place on April 24th. So uh, that, it will be the Sunny Hall and Spring Classic as it usually is. So here's our plan as far as Montana State coverage goes. They're going to have weekly availability with Brent Megan uh, as well as players and assistant coaches. Well, a whole bunch of sound for Montana State as they implement this new coaching staff. But Montana, uh, when we get back in, in the fold, I'm going to start hitting up practice every once in a while as well and uh, see what the guys got rolling. But Riley actually was able to go to practice a day after we talked a little Grizz football here on Nuanez now. And so let's just start there, Riley. What did you what was your initial impressions of the Grizz? I mean, I know it's always sort of the same things when you see teams uh during the beginning of spring or fall, you know, younger guys look better because they just look bigger. They look older. 
and there's always optimism. But I mean, just your general impressions, because they're, they're, I mean, I'm sure that they were chomping at the bits, but a long time since the Grizz hit the field. Uh, without a question, and I think the the first word that came to mind, Coulter, was energy. I, just to set the scene for everyone, I mean, first game to really come back down, or first practice, and just to see, uh, to hear everything too. Right? It was a beautiful day at Washington Grizzly Stadium, and the popping of the pads. Right? I think that. Really, just a microcosm of life for all of us this next year. We're going to appreciate the little things a little bit more, I think. And and the popping of the pads on a, a cloudless, sunny day at Washington Grizzly Stadium. I, I walked in, and not to get too sentimental, but just thought and kind of took in the scene for a couple of minutes because Grizzly football certainly back, and I think this community missed it a lot. Uh, I think it was a huge void um, to not have a game inside that stadium. That's why this spring's going to be so great. But some of my first initial impressions, and we shouldn't expect any less with the Bobby Houck coach team, it was crisp. I mean, the team did not look rusty in any regard. I mean, they got those uh, extra practices in um, in the fall when it was still kind of in waiting what what or not what the Grizz football team was going to do as far as this spring was concerned. And they look like a team that is getting ready to go for like a legit game here in a couple of weeks. I just thought the intensity was maybe the biggest surprise to me, just that they were ready to go. I mean, there's still a couple weeks before they will play Central Washington and Portland. State, but um, it, it was fun to watch. I know we're going to get into players here uh, a little bit more. Wide receiver group was something that really stood out. I think a lot of people are going to focus on the fact that there's no Samori Toure, but I would want to shift the conversation more to look who else is there waiting in the wings because this Grizzly wide receiving core I call it a stable because it really is like a stable. You, you take a thoroughbred out and you put another one right in there. So they're deep there. Uh, the quarterback position was very interesting because Cam Humphrey to me um, the clear starter but you look there. there's a lot of guys that have made improvement down the line with a newcomer and a Kirk Rigel, um, a Chris Brown. I, I think he's a name that um, really is going to start coming to the forefront a little bit more than Carson Rostad. I, I mean you have four to five legit guys that I was kind of noticing, boy, they really need to get their reps in and make them count because when you have five quarterbacks rotating, throwing, and that's exactly what Bobby Houck wants, right? He wants that competition. He wants guys to to feel the pressure a little bit, and he might come out and say, you know, the quarterback position's wide open. The fact of the matter is it's Cam Humphrey's job, no doubt, but he's got four guys that are going to push him every single day, and I can't wait for you to get out of practice, too, because I I think that you're going to uh, feel the same emotions and just the, the same energy that I did because uh, this Grizzly football team is ready to go, and they're ready to put on a show here in a couple of weeks. Listen to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We are not in Montana. We are on the Eastern Time Zone. I can't believe Indianapolis is in the Eastern Time Zone, but here and over there, we, we were watching the overtime game between Michigan State and UCLA at about until about 1 in the morning local time here last night. So that was a, a new experience for me. I have spent a lot of time traveling all around America, but not very much in the Eastern time zone. So watching sports on the Eastern time zone, definitely interesting. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, with me, Coulter Nuanez, doing some Grizz football as we're here in Indianapolis. Thanks so much to our sponsors who sent us here, including... Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth, they will be sponsoring us uh, on this tournament takeover, but also a lot of content from Grizz Spring Football here upcoming as well. Uh, Nick and his team, they ask you, why build a work history at a job when you could build a future in your own business? Westpac Wealth Partners is looking for entrepreneurial-minded people who are ready to take their future into their own hands. At Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor and his associates provide the clients with financial tools and tested solutions for navigating this complex financial climate. Westpac offers a competitive 
competitive compensation package, elite training, and a work culture that's been recognized as a best workplace by Fortune Magazine. If you're ready to start building a business and a long-term career, contact Dick Tabor at 728-6708. That's 728-6708. Or apply at westpacwealth.com. want to ask about the quarterbacks a little bit more because um, Carson Ross, that's an interesting one to me. I'm actually writing a story for SkylineSportsMT.com that will probably... Well, I've been working on it for a while, but I just didn't want to release this, what I think is going to be a fun story, good story, uh, when it wasn't like in the heart of football season. But Carson Rostat, uh, multiple-time Gatorade Player of the Year at Hamilton High School, um, and Tommy Malott, who was Gatorade Player of the Year at Butte High School and is with Montana State. Both those guys are, I think, really good players. And we've seen so often the best quarterbacks from the state of Montana get scholarships to go to Montana, Montana State, and then switch positions almost right away. Because they're always great athletes, and usually they're not guys that are just been specialists, right? They played some defense. Carson Ross had only played a little defense in, in high school. Tommy Mallott only a little bit, too, because they were so good. that I mean, their teams were true state championship caliber from their sophomore years on. I guess in Carson Rossat's case, even his freshman year. Uh, but I do think it's interesting because it's been a while since we've had Montana guys that had an opportunity to really be like the guy at Montana or Montana State. You know, most recently at Montana State is probably Jake Bleskin. I know that even came with a little bit of a caveat because, you know, he was kind of to back it up to Dakota Prukop. Total tangent, but I, I talk about timing and the way things can go for you or, or against you in terms of circumstance. But I always thought Jake Bleskin was really good. He just happened to go to Montana State when they were running an offense that wasn't really fit for him. They wanted to run like this zone read spread option offense with Tim Cramsey and, and Dakota Prukop was such a great athlete. And don't get me wrong, Prukop can spin it too. I mean, he's a he's a pro. He's in the CFL. But Bleskin was a good player. Like if Bleskin would have went to a, a you know like a pro style offense, or he, you know, I always used to thought if he was playing it for Mike Kramer, Idaho State during that time, he would have been great. Like he would have been, you know, he's just like Justin Arias or one of those quarterbacks like that. So regardless, but there's it's been kind of few and far between. I mean, most of the guys at Montana State over the last twenty years, Travis Lule, Denarius McGee, um, I guess Troy Anderson was a quarterback for a, a moment at times. So he was a Montana guy, but. But even now, Tucker Rovick, Casey Bobman, Matt McKay, whoever wins the job at Montana State, they're, they're out-of-state guys. At Montana, you know, it's been Craig Oaks and Cole Berquist and Josh Swagger and I guess Brady Gustafson was a Montana guy. But it's been very few and far between when we had the Montana guys. But it's actually sort of ironic because you look back at, at who won the national championships. Montana, Dave Dickinson, Johnny Edwards, they're Montana guys. You look at Montana State, I mean... Uh, Paul Sorensen back in the day, he's a Butte guy for the 76 National Championship team. Kelly Bradley's a Minnesota guy, but he had deep Montana ties. His family was from Montana. So I'm not saying that you have to be a Montana guy to win a National Championship by any means. But I do think it's an interesting fold because I do think that there's a there's a new forefront where I think Carson Rossett and Tommy Mott both have a legitimate shot to play quarterback at the Division One level. But I'm just so interested to see how this goes because you just listed the five quarterbacks there. I think the way Coach Halka operates... It's a battle for those five guys to get three spots, to get reps this year. So who, I mean, I guess how does that all play out? Because I think there's multiple tiers of this quarterback battle, right? I think that some guys are going to push Cam Humphrey, but I also think then they're going to be battling with each other. You know, like Chris Brown, Kirk Riegel, Robbie Patterson, those guys are going to kind of be, and maybe even Rasta, they're going to be kind of battling for those number two and number three spots, right? Absolutely. And I think that there are multiple layers to this quarterback battle, and it's going to be fun. You laid it out perfectly, Coulter. And I think just the one thing I would add to that is everyone's starting to kind of wrap their mind over this because 
it would be so fascinating to have a Montana quarterback here, obviously for a three, four year stint. And you got to throw Chris Brown in the mix for, for that sure. too. Even though he wasn't the Gatorade player of the year, he is someone that I think is the wild card in all of sure. this because you bring in, bring in a Rigel and a Patterson. What does that give you? That's that's what the, the competition and the depth, right? So I think that those two, if I'm breaking this down or really getting into it, right, it's two separate battles, I think. It's Cam Humphrey getting pushed by the experience of a Kirk Rigel and a Robbie Patterson as far as, okay, the experienced starter. And then you've got Chris Brown and Carson Rosted kind of battling out the, the development guys right behind him. And I think that you're going to see maybe a Robbie Patterson be used in different areas. Maybe not necessarily just your prototypical quarterback because he has the speed. So I think Robbie Patterson might be kind of that the floater, the guy in the middle that could go play multiple positions. But uh, to have Carson Rostad here and to develop, I already think that it's a win as far as him being in the quarterback room still. Because if they wanted to move him, it would have already happened in his redshirt year and just being in the program. They really like what they can develop with him. We know with Coach Houck, his strategy, and I want to get your take on this too, with getting one quarterback per class, essentially, and kind of rolling from there where it is this hierarchy where, okay, the senior should be your team. The junior, you got to be ready to go like Cam Humphrey was last year. But you're still going to be number two. And then, okay, those guys down the line to develop. So this will be trimmed from five to three eventually. And I think uh, you look at Rigel. He's someone that he just brings experience. Does he have enough to overtake a Cam Humphrey? I'm not quite sure um, at this point. But there's a lot of interesting stories with these five guys collectively. But uh, I'd be curious to get your take as far as immediate impact and especially these spring games. And that, that brings us into another conversation that we can get into these two spring games how do you split up your reps between these five guys because they all will serve a purpose in one form or fashion I know Coach Hawk wants to get all of them game reps with the ones well, first of all, I haven't seen Kurt Rigel or Robbie Patterson live and in person. How are those guys look? I mean, Robbie Patterson's pretty short, right? But he's, but he's athletic. He can run. He's more that dual threat guy where he's going to be able to, to take off and run. And I would say he's more run first pass second kind of guy. Kirk Rigel is going to be more stay in the pocket. I think his arm is very powerful and has a lot of strength. He he reminds me a lot of Cam Humphrey. Not to say that each person has to have a distinction, but I would say that that Humphrey and Rigel are more similar. Patterson's kind of that whoa, he can do a lot of different things, but maybe not your prototypical quarterback. And then Brown and Rosted right now are still, you know, a little bit in that development stage, but um, where they don't have one lane they can go to. And I think that's probably a benefit probably for those two young guys, at least right now. Nuanas now, 1290 ESPN Missoula. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. We're broadcasting from uh, Iowa Street in Indianapolis. We are at our spot right now. This is going to be sort of backwards for those listening to it, but... Uh, Appreciate all of our great sponsors for bringing us down here, including uh, Crawford's Automotive. Crawford's Automotive on West Broadway in Missoula does any work you need on any vehicle you have. A couple points about those young quarterbacks, too. Chris Brown is from Bozeman, but he's also not from Montana. That's It's an interesting story for those that don't know it. Chris Brown's older brother, Camden Brown, actually came up to Montana State as a preferred walk-on from Charter Oak High School in uh, the Southern California area. That's a place that specifically Kane Ione, former Montana State defensive coordinator, mined a lot of talent out of. And uh, he came up as a walk-on, and he played a little bit at Montana State, 
was fighting for that number three job as a Bobcat quarterback. In the meantime, his family loved it so much that his family moved to Bozeman. So then Chris Brown moves in and becomes Bozeman's highest quarterback for the last two years of his high school career. And then Bobby Hout goes in there and swoops him. And Jeff Choate didn't really recruit Chris Brown, even though he's the same age as Jory Choate, Jeff Choate's son. I guess maybe Jory's a year older than, than Chris Brown. But either, either way, Choate had a front row seat to see Chris Brown and didn't really recruit him. So it will be quite a fascinating uh, analysis if Chris, if and when Chris Brown becomes uh, a good player because I do think that uh, he has a lot of potential. The Carson Rossad note, um, I've heard a lot of people say, well, how is he going to transition from Class A? How is he going to learn a, uh, a college offense? Well, uh, there's two things worth noting. First of all, there's very few four-year starters at quarterback in the history of the state of Montana, period. Any level of varsity football, period. And he was a four-year starter, and his numbers speak for themselves. They're, they are record-setting. They're among the best in the history of the state of Montana. Secondly, Bryce Carver's done a hell of a job at Hamilton High School. Bryce Carver's got it rolling. I mean, I know that they they have sort of this monkey on their back where they've lost neither the state semis or the state championship, I think, five years in a row now. But he's got them there. He's got them going. And the thing is, they don't run some rudimentary, elementary high school offense. They run a complex offense. They run a really complex spread. So I think Rostad's going to be kind of ready from that element. The other thing is, I think people don't give him enough credit for how good of an athlete he is. He can really run. I was really, I mean, when I first saw him when he was a junior in high school, I thought, man, yeah, that guy's D1 all the way. I think that they need to keep him there and give him a shot. So it'll be interesting to see how the whole quarterback thing plays out because I, I do think that, I th- to me, I think that Cam Humphrey's job to lose, but I also think that the number one guy that could overtake him is Chris Brown, not Kurt Riegel or Robbie Patterson. I think that the battle is between Riegel, Patterson, and Rostad for reps at the two and three spot, and I think it's between Humphrey and Brown, and I think that the guy who doesn't win it out is going to be the number two. It's also interesting because Coach Houck has always said he wants quarterbacks in each class, but then he had multiple-year starters in Craig Oaks and Cole Berquist and... I guess Andrew Sell was only a, a one-year starter, so he was kind of the guy that did have to wait his turn that first go-round. And then this last year, he had multiple. I guess this upon the return, he had a multiple times a multiple-year starter too in Dalton Sneed. So it's going to be interesting. The Grizz do, definitely do need to find a replacement for Sneed because Sneed was a, a really good player. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks a lot. I can't wait to see these guys in action. So we'll give you a better analysis in terms of what each brings to the table right now. But it is something to watch because. Uh, it's always fun when a, a prestigious program like Montana has a quarterback battle. Other guys you're looking forward to? Well, I guess if you have one more thing on the quarterback. I was just going to say, too, because I would say that this is a big position, obviously quarterback, we know that, but it's more of you're getting the keys of the Cadillac here, and I've used that phrase a lot, but every other position is solidified, I think, on the offense, at least if not the entire team. So that's why this is so fascinating because – And I know Grizz fans and maybe around the state, everyone listening or watching, this is going to come a little different from the voice of the Grizz, but this is a national championship type roster. I really think it is. Oh, for sure. They absolutely can compete, so that's why... Yeah, I mean, they made it to the Final Eight last year, so it's not not crazy to say that. I mean, they were in the Final Eight last year, and by conventional wisdom says that they should be better across the board with the exception of a couple key... I mean, they obviously have to replace Dalton Sneed, Dante Olsen, but other than that... They have they have good players. They have, in fact, great talent at a lot of different spots. So I that, I don't think that's outrageous at all. I think that I think this is a. It's one thing in the FCS level. There's actually really at this point one national championship contender, and that's North Dakota State. We'll see what happens with them. But but in terms of saying this is a top ten team that can make a run to the final four of the playoffs, that's that's not outrageous at all. That in fact should be the expectation for this team. I think so too. In the positions I'm watching, it's going to be pretty funny. But quarterback. 
and kicker. Kicker's about the only question mark, which we'll get into, too. And it's a big deal with Bobby Houck, too, because oh Coach Houck likes to take three when he can take three. He'll pile up three-pointers all day. That's why two of the most prolific kickers in the history of the Big Sky are guys that played for Coach Houck, because he likes to kick field goals when he can. And don't miss extra points. Ever. <laughs> I, I really think, I, and I've went to practice a couple of times, and I've talked with co- the members of the coaching staff. No one knows. No one has a clue who's going to be the starting kicker right now. So quarterback and kicker, to me, are only the, the only two holes we really aren't sure about 100%. Who's in the mix even right now as kicker? Gabe Peppinger from Azul Sentinel, is he still on the roster? Babe, uh, Brian Buschini. Is, is, Brian Buschini yeah. from Helena Capital, yeah. He's yeah. probably the front runner. I think you're going to see him punt for sure, kick off. He might do the triple threat. But as far as other guys that are in the mix, Gillum from Whitefish, uh, a kicker, um, yeah. and I... Tell you what, besides that, there's just a couple of guys. They brought in a, a junior college uh, guy to walk on to try and kick. So Cam McCasper from Billing Central will be on the way. He was a, a prep All-American. So I get Capser, I should say. I keep saying Casper. Capser. Cam McCapser. Sorry. I mean, you're a record setter. So sorry, Cameron, if you're by chance listening. But, uh, but yeah, I, well, so tell me this. What is your thought on, on having a potential freshman kicker? Because to me, I think it's a... Uh, if you prove yourself these next eight or nine months and you take confidence into the year, I think you can be just fine. In fact, exceptional. But I think if there's ever any wavering or if there's never any, if there's ever a lack of stability, it gets tough. It's really tough because I think in one regard, Coach Halk would absolutely love to have a four-year starter kicker where guys like me and you and guys in their room aren't talking about who the kicker is going to be week to week, right? He wants someone that's going to be solidified for four years. The conundrum that he's in is if he goes with Camden Capser here in year one or at the very beginning, then you might have to take some lumps and some ups and downs with his freshman year. But like we just talked about, if you have a national championship contender and a big sky title on the line, do you really want to ride the wave with the freshman kicker? The answer is probably no on that. So it's going to be really interesting, the trust factor from Coach Alk. We know what Camden can do, um, all the accolades you want from a kicker. But that will be, I mean, we talk about kickers a lot and sometimes joke with special teams, Coulter. But this will be a fascinating discussion of if Coach Alk is going to trust a freshman um, at the kicking position and have him for four years or if he's going to, going to try and mix it up. I think Brian Buschini would probably be the favorite coming in if it's not going to be a capser. I'm also looking at the offensive line. I know they have a lot of returning faces on the offensive line, but I think that twofold. One, I don't think I think that there are only a couple spots where it's not completely up for grabs. But I I think that uh, they they also just have guys that need to fulfill their potential. It's time now for Conlon Beaver to be uh, a a first team All Big Sky All American type guy. He's been good. Uh, He he was he was kind of thrown in the fire early. He he took his lumps. Then he was he went from solid to then good last year. I, mean, I think he's a second team All League guy. He's good, and now he if he wants to be that guy, that's the next Grizz offensive lineman that's getting a shot at the NFL. He's got to become an All American caliber guy. I saw on the roster. I think he's up to like three fifteen, three twenty. That's big time because I know he's always struggled to put on weight. He's always had the height and the length, but he's always struggled to put on weight. So if he's over three hundred, over three ten, uh, that's a good thing. Moses Mallory. I'm so interested to see where he is at because. He's the type of guy that has struggled to stay in shape. I think that's a storyline coming out of, of COVID. I mean, we've all gone through it. You know, <laughs> there's sometimes you're eating a little too many snacks because you're not leaving your house, and, you know, it happens to the best of us. But I'm just interested to see where Mallory's at, too. The thing is, though, that the, he has proven he can get into shape fast because he got into shape fast before last year when he came in as a junior college transfer. I like 
the sort of platoon that they have at right tackle, I think they found something pretty solid in Dylan Cook, and I think Colton Kintz has been a great program guy for making the sacrifices he has, and I think those guys are are pretty okay at, at uh, right tackle. The other guard spot, I think that they're going to be okay because they have depth there. I think that uh, Cordell Pilons and Tyler Ganong, I think those guys both can can play. They both have gotten reps, so I think they're okay. So then the center spot, do they try Mallory at center, or is it A.J. Forbes that's playing center, the Nebraska transfer? How much of an impact can Forbes make? Because I do think that the, I think you need eight guys at this level, and I think if those guys can rotate among the interior positions as well, or if you can rotate between the guards and maybe the right tackle spot, that's really good as well. I just I think that they need they need every guy I just named to take the next step, and I think they need one more piece. I think that's a good assessment, and these guys are very versatile on the offensive line, and I think. Not to tease it too much, but you are going to be surprised at a couple position movements from okay. this offensive line in general. Uh, Colton Kynes, you talk about him being uh, a very good program guy and being able to sacrifice. He's going to do it again. He's probably going to move inside to guard, and that could create a lot of stability culture because now, and I think this is more about Conlon Beaver and Dylan Cook. Now you have anchors. You got sure. an anchor on though. When was the last time the Grizz had two anchors in left tackle, and right tackle? And in the in the spread systems that teams are running, especially the ones the Grizz are running now too, it is. It's, it's the it's not one more, one position is not more important than the others, but you can have guys. If you if you're big, strong, and just want to work, you can totally play guard in these positions, even if it's not your quote unquote prototype natural position. I mean, Colton Kynes is six eight. He's not a prototype looking guard. But if you you can put, you, the mechanism is the center and the tackles, and you could rotate a lot of guys in at guard because of the way that the line's going to flow with the way that they zone block and stuff like that. So I think that I actually that actually makes sense to me because I do think that Kainz, if he's not having to be put out on an island by himself, it's better if he has help on both sides, and then it all comes down to his effort and toughness. He's got that, so I think that that's actually a good move. Right, so if you move him inside, you got Beaver and Cook at the tackle spots. The big X factor and. He's the real deal, is A.J. Forbes. I, I expect, and again, this is nothing on the inside, just from what I've seen and everything that he's brought to the table, I would expect A.J. Forbes to start right away. I think he can be that four-year guy that you were expecting, a transfer from Nebraska on the offensive line. What are you hoping for? You're hoping for the home run. I think he can be that guy. So on paper right now, and everything can move at this point as we record this in late March, but you've got Forbes at center. Mallory and Kynes at the guard spots, and Beaver and Cook at the tackle spots. And then Pilons and Ganon kind of play it exactly. as your, your your extra guys. Exactly. That's the other thing too. I like the fact that th- that this group has been willing to rotate sometimes too, and because I think that's a, a key part of college football. Because you're gonna, I think you need to have that sixth man and that seventh man that are getting legitimate game reps before anybody gets hurt, because someone is gonna get banged up. It, I mean, it doesn't even matter if it's a serious injury. Someone's going to get their finger crushed between a helmet or something, and they're going to have to be out for a you know half a, half of a uh, quarter or whatever. So I think you need to have those guys get game reps. So I actually like that they're rotating there as well. And another guy in there to be that eighth or, or another offensive lineman that helps solidify the depth is Cody Canal. So remember that name as well. Um, those would be the eighth that I would see. And you're right. And I think a lot of fans, right, we focus on quarterback and receiver and, and where the ball's at, but Guys like me and you that are up in the press box and really um, the in-depth Grizz fans that are looking at, at the broad scope of it, they noticed that the Grizz actually last year, they rotated offensive linemen a lot. I mean, I would say every single game they were rotating guys in and out. If you had a bad series, you were going to get yanked. And you got to love that from a competition standpoint and also the fact that the Grizz have that depth at that position. So um, they've got eight guys right now. 
AJ Forbes would be the the biggest surprise. I think Moses Mallory um, can he's versatile too, Coulter, because he can play center and guard. So um, I feel for the first time since I've been here, which is five years and first time in quite a while, the Grizz are solidified at every. There's there's no gaps now. It's more of just building that depth depth behind it. Um, there's no weak spots on the offensive line. So uh, I was really encouraged from what I've seen and the roster development there. And we've talked about it a lot on this show too, but. The strength and the size; those guys benefited more than anyone else from the uh, the COVID year of knocking out the fall. Coulter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran, it's on Nuanas now, one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television, coming to you from the heartland, Indianapolis, Indiana. Fun, fun show, and uh, thanks so much for listening in. Thanks so much also to our great sponsors, including Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. The Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizzly Athletics. The Wahlbergs have more than four decades of experience in western Montana. They work as a family team to help you fill your real estate needs. They serve all over uh, western Montana. So whether you need residential, land, investment, or commercial, just give Brent and the Wahlberg team a call today. Eastern Washington, a 14 seed playing Kansas Saturday afternoon. That's what we're going to be taking in tomorrow. We'll give you a full preview of that and much more right after this on Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. In Missoula, statewide, SWX Montana Television. If you're looking at an empty radio studio, it's because we're not there. We are in Indianapolis, Indiana. This is like the traveling radio show. Shout out to the boys in the back, Tommy Evans, Reese Wilson. Super cool that we're able to do this. We're sitting right now at a place called Taxman Brewing. It is right down the street from Banker's Life Fieldhouse. For those that didn't get the memo, it's a little bit of an interesting circumstance. You already know why, obviously. Uh, it's the world we've been living in for the last year. But I have to tell you, this is the most normal I've felt in a long time. We were in a 20,000-seat basketball arena for two of the three games we've been able to take in so far today. Uh, there, it was like, I don't know, probably one-eighth full, but you could still have crowd noise. I mean, it was actually, it was actually probably more like one-tenth full. There's probably about 2,000 people in a 20,000-seat arena. But, I mean, you got the whole row to yourself. I gotta tell you, nothing about the COVID-19 pandemic has been good, but the lack of people here has actually been good. I mean, there is people here. You can hear, you can hear the ambient noise in the place we're sitting at. We decided just to walk down the street so we could sit down and finish the show because we had had to leave the arena, but uh, really good job by uh, all the people here in Indianapolis facilitating this thing, and uh, we are so happy to be on the ground in Indy as part of our tur- tournament takeover. It is Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Coulter Nuanas, as we're doing this remotely, and uh, it's been super fun to do it. The games that have happened since we went on the air here, we've had a variety of uh, games. We gave you all the finals from earlier. By the way, if you didn't hear it, Florida moves on, Illinois moves on, Texas Tech is on, Oral Roberts, the upset of the tournament, they beat Ohio State, Baylor, 
They've moved on to number one. See, we caught the first half of the Baylor game. Loyola Chicago moves on. The upset of the afternoon in terms of our Montana angles is Oregon State versus Tennessee. Wayne Tickle, former Grizz basketball player, uh, as well as uh, former Grizz men's head basketball coach. He posts his Oregon State Beavers as a 12 seed post a 70-56 victory over Tennessee. So very cool. And again, Oral Roberts 75, Ohio State 72. That one in overtime. The what ninth time that a 15 seed has taken down a number two seed. Games going on right now in the Midwest region. Liberty versus Oklahoma State. The winner of this one will play uh, Oregon State to, on Sunday. Excuse me. Liberty up 30-27 at halftime. So Cade Cunningham, the projected number one pick, he is uh, sort of having a hard time. Riley, tell people his stat line. It's pretty amazing. The number no doubt number one pick. One point, he's missed all five of his shots. Two fouls. The early foul trouble, like, we, we understand this by watching it. When a star player gets into foul trouble, it completely changes the game. So, Liberty with an early upset bid, I think Oklahoma State for good reason. They were a team that a lot of people thought got snubbed, me being one of them. They could have been a two seed maybe, certainly a three. And the fact they got a four, they're playing a tough Liberty team that has the fourth longest current winning streak in the country. That's another factor with it, too. So Oklahoma State having a tough time. And Coulter, this is kind of turning in to the day of upsets. We all hope for it as fans. And we, we try and identify them throughout the course of the week, right? But the fact that we've already had a 12-beat a 5 pretty convincingly. We had a 15-beat a 2 for the first time in five years. And now we're on the verge of a 13 beating the best 4. We talk about this tournament being wide open, but it's really getting put into life here, Coulter. We're not even 10 games deep into this tournament yet. And we already have a couple matches of upsets, and tomorrow we, we know that that could be a punny. I want to kick this back at you because I know we're going to talk about it a little bit towards the end of the show. How much more confidence does this give an Eastern Washington team that For is sure. sitting in their hotel rooms, they're watching these games, and they're, you know what, they're finding more belief. They're saying, hey, if we can go see Oral Roberts beat Ohio State, we can beat an undermanned Kansas team. So this could really affect that Eastern Washington psyche, and as we know, and we, you've covered all year long, Shantae Taylor. He is going to instill more and more confidence in his Eagle group as a 14 seed tomorrow morning or afternoon against Kansas. Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, joining me, Colter Nuanez. Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. A couple other scores. The Wisconsin-North Carolina game has been kicked off. Wisconsin's up 22-18. We don't have that one on the TV where we're at, but we'll keep you apprised of the score there. But that's a matchup with two Blue Bloods that aren't used to being in the 8-9 game. But that could set up a pretty dynamite second round game with Baylor. Uh, the winner of North Carolina Wisconsin moves on to play the top seeded Bears. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Purdue, we've seen as many Purdue shirts uh, in Indianapolis as any other team apparel. Uh, and obviously Lafayette we're just right down the road here from Indianapolis. But Purdue playing North Texas and North Texas out to a 16-13 lead as well. A couple of the other late games that are coming up. San Diego State plays Syracuse. That's a 6 versus 11. Got to at 7.40 Montana time. West Virginia versus Moorhead State. That one's at 7.50 Montana time. And then, of course, the game we're going to, Villanova versus Winthrop. That's 5 versus 12. That one kicks off at about 8 o'clock local time, be about 10 o'clock where we're at here on East Coast time. But it's an interesting factor that you just mentioned, Riley, the fact that Eastern Washington, I thought all along, the teams that have been together during this time, the teams that have played the most together, that have 
not gotten tired of hanging out with each other, have not gotten tired of you know being around each other, that have had good chemistry, that are having fun, that are making light of the circumstances at large in the world that we're living in. We saw it on the women's side particularly. I mean, Idaho State, Montana State, those are two of the best chemistry on the entire women's league in the Big Sky Conference. But Eastern Washington, that seems to be their MO. I totally agree with you. I think they do have an opportunity here to take some confidence because Kansas is likely going to be shorthanded because of a lot of COVID-19 concerns. And Eastern's coming into this thing hot. I know they stubbed their toe against Idaho State, but that seemed to reignite them uh, in the regular season. That was down the stretch that cost them the one seed. But we talked to Tanner Groves, Kim Aiken, and Shante Leggins about that after the Big Sky Championship game. And they talked about how not winning the regular season title, it actually was another piece of motivation, an extra chip on their shoulder for the postseason. So tomorrow, it's going to be interesting because Eastern has the most dominant front court in the Big Sky Conference. Those guys are just, uh, I'm not going to say run-of-the-mill because that's demeaning to Tanner Groves, the MVP of the league, and Kim Aiken, a first-team All-League selection, and the Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Sky Conference. But those guys don't have the athletic advantages in this tournament as they do in the Big Sky Conference. But that said, I think to me, everything still goes through those two guys in terms of they have to be ready to roll. If they're confident and they know that they can perform, which they can. We've seen it all tournament long. Number 55 is his name escapes me, but for Colgate, he was a true freshman. He stepped up to the plate, and he was going toe-to-toe with Justin Smith from Arkansas. Justin Smith from Arkansas, he finishes with 29-13, and 13, but we saw a freshman go toe-to-toe with one of the best big men in the country. We just saw Oregon State's post have a great game. There's te- guys on lower-seeded teams that can perform this tournament. To me, it's just all about how do those guys set the tone, because the guards from Mr. Washington, they're going to be ready to roll. They play isolation-style basketball. They're going to be ready to shoot it, but how much of confidence do the big guys have with Eastern Washington when they take on Kansas tomorrow. It's incredible and I think that the big decision here or just the bigger factor for these mid-major teams, Colt, who are trying to pull off the upset, just neutralize the mismatch, right? I mean, if, if Kansas is going to have more size coming into the matchup tomorrow, what's Eastern Washington have to do? They need to try and just balance out what, what McCormick's going to do for Kansas or just the big guys down the line where they allow everyone else to get in flow and I think it's such a big factor. We saw it today. We've seen it firsthand with a team like Tennessee see, they've got two lottery picks, right? You're going to see two guys drafted in the first first 20 picks in the NBA, but the fact that not all five of them were on the same page, Eastern Washington culture, as you know, they are the most connected team in the big sky, and they play so well together that, yes, you need to get Tanner and Jacob Groves going. They need to get them going early, uh, and I hate saying this, but foul trouble is always a big factor of this, right? Eastern can't get into foul trouble and let Tanner Groves kind of be in and out of the floor, but Eastern has all the pieces to do it because you have the three-point shooting. Yes, that's going to to, to be an X factor in this thing, but not the the be-all, end-all for the Eagles. Uh, I think Kansas, they're not the Kansas of old, and and if Kansas comes out and absolutely blows the doors off Eastern, I will be as shocked as anything, and it'd be almost as shocking to me as seeing a 15 beat a 2 because Eastern can hang with Kansas, and what's the biggest part of coming into these battles? Believing you can do it. For sure. They're, They're going to get instilled with so much 
confidence from Shantae Leggins. You talked about it. Your brother Brooks talked about it. SkylineSportsMT.com about how Shantae is in those huddles. All he does is feed guys with confidence, and there's something to be said about that where we get so locked into the X's and the O's and the integral parts of analytics and all of those things. But at the end of the day, feed your guys with confidence. Tell them that they are they are better than their next guy. Shantae can do that. He's been doing it all week long, and I really think Eastern has an upset sh- upset shot. And you're right, though. They need to get everyone involved, including the Groves brothers. So often in this tournament, the representative from the Big Sky Conference has come from two schools, Montana, Weber State. That's not the case. I actually think that Montana and Weber State not being the representative in this tournament is a good thing just because of the state of affairs. We're going to tell you more about that and why next here on Nuanas Now Live from Indianapolis. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, Colter Nuanas, broadcasting live from the heartland. Back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Nuana is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanez, Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, riding with me on a Friday. Hoping you're having an outstanding Friday. We're not in studio, so we're not showing off of our Florence coffee. I didn't get a Florence coffee today. I always have a Florence coffee on a Friday. But make sure it's a Friday night. You can go out. You can stay up late. There's a Florence Coffee kiosk near you, so make sure to go hit up Florence Coffee. We appreciate him for being a great sponsor. When we get back into town, I promise I'll give you a bunch of love on the TV, Florence Coffee. I'm going to need one Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday next week when we get back in the saddle in Missoula. Riley Corkin and myself, we are in Indianapolis. It's part of our tournament takeover. A bunch of great games already today. We hit up Arkansas versus Colgate. Colgate had an upset bid going early. They were up 14 points late in the first half. But then Arkansas went on a great 17-0 run and ended up pulling away and winning that game uh, pretty handily. We also walked over, saw a top seed of Baylor for the first half against Hartford. And then we returned. We saw number 12, Oregon State, take out number 5, Tennessee. A great win for Wayne Tickle, University of Montana alum, former Montana Grizz head men's basketball coach. Oregon State, 70, Tennessee, 56. Oregon State moves into the second round. And they will play the winner of 13th seed of Liberty, who had a halftime lead over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, the fourth seed uh, in this Midwest region. They are now up 33-32, 16 minutes and change to play. So uh, Oregon State awaits its opponent. But congratulations to Wayne Tickle, a 1,500-point score at the University of Montana during his playing career, and then a longtime assistant coach, and then a head coach for seven years before taking over to Oregon State. Uh, his first NCAA tournament win. Other Montana angles to touch on, Raleigh Wooster, Missoula native, his Utah State Aggies, they fell 65-53 to Texas Tech. Utah State was an 11 seed. They get taken out by the six-seeded Red Raiders. Uh, they will. Red Raiders move on to play Arkansas in the second round. 
Eastern Washington, the Big Sky Conference champions. They'll tip off tomorrow. It's 11.15 a.m. local time, 1.15 here in Indianapolis. So we'll have full coverage of that. Thanks so much to the Eastern Washington folks, the Athletic Administration and the coaches staff for hooking us up with some tickets. Because of the way that COVID works, every school only gets five media members. And, of course, Spokane Media are here to cover Gonzaga and Eastern Washington. So we weren't able to get credentials, but we were able to get on the ticket list. So we'll be hitting up that game as well as some other ones too. But the night game tonight, the one we're going to be making our way to once this show is over, Villanova versus Winthrop. It's my upset special. I know it's too late to enter a bracket now, but Riley, this should be pretty darn fun. It will be. The classic 12-5. I think we were kind of scoping upsets when we were trying to go for this thing, right? Because we went to Colgate. They were up 14 on Arkansas first half. Yep. And then you look at Oregon State, the 12 versus the 5. They upset them and kind of dominated them for 40 minutes. And then tonight, we kind of had our pick. And that's what's so awesome about this. And if you weren't with us at the beginning of the show, the uniqueness of this year's format is that you have walking access to four different arenas down here with four games. We've been able to logistically get the game time settled in where we go from one to the next. And tonight, we had our option. It was either Clemson Rutgers, West Virginia Moorhead State, or do we want to go see Villanova and Winthrop? And that was the game that we decided to pick. It's going to be awesome, Coulter. And we're being here from the fan perspective and just seeing the uniqueness of it, I feel like we're lucky because a lot of people, I think if they knew kind of the setup here, there'd probably be more people around because there's tickets available, of course, throughout um, the great games back and forth. But the fact, the access of Indianapolis and something that me and you are finding out and something that we'll give way better perspective on, I think, on Monday is the hot hospitality and the welcomingness of, of this Indianapolis um, community as well as the Midwest in general because they embrace this tournament. They're excited to have everyone fired up for it. Obviously, we're excited to be here, but uh, it's setting up to be a weekend uh, unlike any other, and we cannot wait to tell folks about it on Monday and Tuesday on the show from Indianapolis as well. And, and again, another thanks to our great sponsors for getting us here because this is really a unique experience, and we're lucky and happy to be able to tell it to all the folks back in Montana. You want us now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Thanks so much for joining us. It's our tournament takeover for Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz. I'm Coulter Nuanez. We'll be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, be well. Have a great weekend. Enjoy all the madness. We'll be back with you Monday, 4 p.m. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business community. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.